When severe weather strikes, count on WDBO for updates before, during, and after the storm. It's our job to keep you informed and your family safe. FM 96.5 News Talk WDBO. We are six minutes away from the latest in news, traffic, and weather. Don't forget, during the week, you can make an appointment with the doctor at 407-982-5729. And I tell you, this is the way to finally get past some of these things that have been impossible for you to get fixed all this time. Let's get back to the phones right now. It's Ray. Ray, what's your call about? Hi. Um, I fell back July 2nd, 2008. And it was a small room in the bathroom. And um, what happened was um, when I fell, I fell underneath my right knee, but the the area was so small. I hit um, my back and my neck. I didn't feel the pain in my back and my neck initially. The knee was popped, and they told me I had a torn meniscus. All right. I've had three surgeries to repair it. Now they tell me I hardly have anything there. It's bone on bone. But I have severe pain radiating around my shoulder, from my neck, around my shoulder, uh, around the scapula area, rather. And then I have this pain from the lower sacral, lumbar sacral area down to my um, my leg, my knee. Okay. Um, I thought it might be sciatica. I've done all the exercises. I even took a um, massage therapy class so I could figure out how to... Um, Oh, release. Okay, release how, how old data. are you? I'm um, uh, 45. Okay, so so you fell when you were 41. You yeah. your your right leg folded underneath you, and you struck your your right neck and shoulder. Is yeah. that correct? Okay. Well, there are a couple things that can happen. The uh, you know when somebody's told that they have bone on bone on a, on, a, on a knee like that. I mean that's that's I hear that every day coming through the door. And where you hurt and where you hurt and well, I have bone on bone. Well. The portion of the knee that actually experiences pain is the membrane that surrounds the bone. When that goes away, you really can't experience much pain at all. Okay, so bone on bone really doesn't mean a doesn't mean a heck of a lot in terms of what what's causing pain. Now, if you end up with inflammation within the joint, that's a very very different matter. So the <clears throat> the way you would sort that out would be to put a needle into the joint, draw off the fluid, and see if there's any pus in there. Hopefully not. See if there if there's anything that looks like chronic inflammation or blood. Usually there isn't. There may be fluid, but usually there isn't. So what you start doing is looking to other areas that cause these sorts of symptoms. Generally speaking, you can almost always find it behind the knee. And this is where the, the surgical uh, interventions really don't seem to, they don't seem to pay a lot of attention there, mostly because there isn't any surgery to be done there. So the first thing I would have you do would be to look behind the knee to see if you damage what's called the tibial plateau or posterior tibial plateau. More than likely, that's where your knee pain's coming from. The shoulder, it gets a little bit more interesting. So if you came down and uh, either struck your head or struck your shoulder, <clears throat> you can throw your shoulder forward and develop pain in the anterior or uh, pathology in the anterior portion of the shoulder joint that can give you pain right where your bra strap goes across the back. Okay, so I would be looking where the pectoralis minor runs across to the humerus, to the coronoid process of the shoulder. And when that happens, it'll cause pain in the shoulder, back behind the shoulder blade, and down to usually the thumb index and middle finger if there's going to be any radiation of pain whatsoever. And, you know, you would think, well, gee, this must be a disc in my neck, but usually not. You know, most people run around with with, uh, a disc protrusion or disc herniation, and they have no symptoms at all. Why? 
because a disc can herniate and there's almost 11 to 12 millimeters of space between where that disc herniates and the wall. So, I mean, it takes a big, big herniation to cause any pain at all. Okay, Ray, you might want to go by the office is what you might want to do, and that is located at? 225 West State Road, 434 in Longwood. Hey, Don, in Orlando, how can we help you? Okay, thanks for taking the call. I'm 84 years old, and for many, many years I've had this situation. does not happen during the day. At night, when I'm asleep, I can be awakened right out of a dead sleep with tremendous cramp in the calf of my leg. Left or right leg makes no difference. And I, I learned how to cure it real quick. I jump out of bed and stand up on the tippy toe of that particular leg, and almost instantly I get rid of the cramp. You bet. But yeah. nothing else will help. I have a home gym. I keep working out a few times a week. I do push-ups from my toes up in the air to try to strengthen muscles in the calf. But I just can't understand out of the blue, I'm, you know, here I am fast asleep and pow. <laughs> Again, what, what you've got there, I, I see this in the office almost every day. This is, is so very, very common and so very easily mended. But generally speaking, it, uh, it's, a, it's a magnesium deficiency. Now, these magnesium deficiencies will get worse, oddly enough, when the weather gets warm. Why? Because you're, as you start to sweat, you start to lose more magnesium. As you start to drink more because you're sweating, you tend to pee off the magnesium. So you need to replace the magnesium before you go to bed. And then if that's insufficient, you take a little bit more in the morning. But nine times out of ten, that's all you're going to need to do. But what you're describing there is is garden variety magnesium deficiency. And um, magnesium glycinate is what you need to try, and it's very cheap. This is like one of the easiest things in the world to fix. <laughs> but uh, what you're, you, know, you could be the poster child for it. <laughs> Okay, we're down to the last minute. I think we can solve this one really quick. Steve and Lady Lake, other than veggies, what's good for alkalizing, doctor? All right, the, the better question is why do you think you need to alkalinize? Okay, your body has to maintain a pH between 7.36 and 7.44 or you die. Okay, that's what triggers your ability to breathe. There are people out there that think that by taking extra al- alkaline substances that they'll pee off more poisons. If all you need to do, if that's your belief, is to use bicarbonate of soda and water sweet water all right very good one more time the website sir it's www.stagesoflife.net and you can call us at 407-982-5729 like them on facebook at stages of life inc like them and put some comments down there we love the show we love you next up more great programs on 96.5 news talk wdbo